it's Friday the 22nd of December. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I've still not done all my Christmas shopping yet. Sorry kids. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we make a nativity scene out of the UK press. We've crafted a magnificent Virgin Mary from page three of The Sun. We've dragged three wise but boring men out of The Guardian. And we're celebrating our Lord and Saviour, the Daily Star, by dressing a cute puppy as the little baby Jesus and sending it into space. We're doing things a bit differently today as we're taking a look back at the good, the bad and the ugly from the big stories of 2023. So expect bundles of royals, bags of political scandals, a couple of BBC blunders and a carefully hidden luxury camper van. In this show, we'll be looking at the first four months of the year. Can you remember that far back? I'm really not sure I can. OK, now here are the headlines for today's show. New Year, same old Rishi. The PM promised us a great year. That went well, right? Oh, you canny chuck your leader off a camper van. Nicola Sturgeon resigned with her reputation intact, but only for a few days. And BBC scored an own goal. Match of the day went on strike after the BBC put Gary Lineker on the bench. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we've ripped open the advent calendar and scoffed all the chocks. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me on the show today is stand-up and ghost of Christmas present, Athena Kubleno. Hello, Athena. Hello. And also with us is comedian and ghost of Christmas future, it's Fergus Craig. Hi, Fergus. Hi, guys. So, we've never hidden our love for the Daily Star's front pages, so what we thought we'd do is go over a few of their best ones from the start of the year. So what have you got? You've got one from January, haven't you? Yes, a priest comes back from the dead and reveals, Hell's demons tortured me with eternal re-re karaoke. <laughs> that's not torture. Uh, no, your face what? on that. No, that's not torture, sorry. that's heaven. <laughs> that really made me laugh. But for eternity. <laughs> yeah, for that's eternity. It, heaven's eternity. That's the afterlife. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and no it problem. depends which songs it is. I mean, is it just Umbrella or were you getting other ones? We just don't know. Diamonds. I don't know. Yeah, yeah diamonds. Yeah. Always good. Yeah. And you've got another one from February, right? Yes, Battle of the BFG. What's that? It is grizzling and horrigust to gobblefunk with words <laughs> and we must all stop squibbling. What is that? Prime Minister and Salman Rushdie back big friendly giant in censorship row. Oh. That was when the woke mob came for Roald Dahl. Oh, I see. Okay, the woke were trying to cancel Roald Dahl and therefore the BFG and all our funny words. Athena, let's see what you've got from March and April. From March, we've got um, boffins. Don't call us boffins. Um, and I love the fact that the star are like, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're going to call you boffins. What are you going to do? They did nothing. So there you go. We'll keep calling you boffins. Yeah, exactly. the sort of thing a boffin would complain about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And a boffiness. But exactly, they, boffins are gendered. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, uh, you know, a boffiness is a boffiness, and a boffin is a boffin. <laughs> and I won't have you lot telling me there's some kind of in between. <laughs> in April, Jaffa cake horror. Um, it's not really a year if there wasn't a conversation about Dunkin' Biscuits, is it? So I was, I, up until then, I was like, is it a year? Oh, thank God. <laughs> it's 2023, thank God. And so-called boffins claim the orangey treat is best for Dunkin'. Jaffa cake is a sponge. So how could it possibly, what's it best? It's best for Dunkin' if you like drinking slop. Uh, well, what's interesting is it's, the question is always, is it a biscuit as well? There's well, always a problem, you know, right? Is it a biscuit or a cake? What you're saying is, can we talk about VAT? <laughs> we can have that conversation now if you really want, uh, but let's let's put it to bed. 
Now, it's not just the star we're looking back at, but all the front pages. We put January and February together because, honestly, they were a bit boring. But let's start at the very beginning. At the start of 2023, all the papers were really talking about was Rishi Sunak. It's kind of similar to how it is now, actually. Mm. But then he was still quite new in the job. He was all sparkly-eyed and bushy-tailed, and he promised us that this would be a great year. And he also gave us his five pledges. So I'm going to test you, Athena. Can you remember Rishi's five pledges? And then we can make a re- do a review of them at the end, okay. like how well he's done. Okay. okay. So I, I know all the pledges. Come on now. Come on okay. now. So the first pledge was to love and cherish us till death do us part. <laughs> I remember that distinctly well. He, he looked us all in the eyes and held our hands and squeezed the wings through our fingers. And, I, you know, and I believed him. Yeah, completely. we, le- we that, loved him. That was the first pledge. Yeah. Uh, second pledge, um, he would do the bins. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, okay, he would, yeah. He would te- all seven of them. <laughs> all seven of them every fortnight. He'd remember which one was for going on for which week. Um, stop the boats. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah um, that actually was one. <laughs> <laughs> stop the boats. Wake up sexy. Wake up sexy. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was number four. He, he, and he, he does. He does wake up like that. Uh, yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah, he never um, moves and he's so like a little action man. Yeah, a little Lego kind of... <laughs> number five was to play some like tension music here whilst like is she gonna get it is she gonna get it to halve yep inflation <laughs> yeah at the I end of it would be really was... good looking and then <laughs> half and then half inflation at the end it was half inflation yes tick Did that, that one's actually happened hasn't yeah, it yeah because and that's why he <laughs> said it because he knew it was gonna go down okay so he's got that one we can biff that it's gonna be just like half the growth of inflation not actual inflation yeah I think it's, I, I, every time I say that on Twitter someone goes actually Athena the inflation's still high it's just half in the rate it's rising yeah so just can I be I wanted to be that Twitter person okay well, right, yeah. in real half life, the yeah. growth of inflation it was yeah. bring hospital waiting lists down yes fail. no fail gone up Stop the boats. <laughs> it's so non-specific. Just stop all boats. <laughs> <laughs> There's two others. Should I tell you what they are? Put a smile on the face of a child. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was that. Um, but then he rejected that one for grow the economy and reduce debt, which is just really vague. And growing the economy, I don't think that's happened. I don't- no. It's not happened effectively and surely we haven't reduced it. Do you debt. think there's like a sunflower seed that he's planted and he's put a little this is economy. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. like and this is and and he's like, Oh, it's still growing. Um oh I was talking about that sunflower I named, guys. You meant the actual economy. Oh my gosh, what a confusion. Um, yeah. It so sort he, of shows like a real optimism though, that like he's a guy who everything he's ever wanted in life has come true. Absolutely. And to do it's quite a bold move to put out pledges like that that are quite specific. And you're not going to meet. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But I think that's really true. He's just achieved a lot in his life. Isn't he? He's like a high achiever kind of guy. So somebody sets him a GCSE, he sails through, he does, you know, whatever he's done in, in the kind of business. I never understand business. But whatever he's mm. done in business, he sets some kind of target and he's always met it. But government isn't really like that. It doesn't work because there's so many other people, only other factors involved that he can't succeed and, you and can't he can't wish, believe it. You can't wish... Nice outcomes. I'm going to grow the economy. You can't just say that and sit down again. You've got to do something. You've got to do. I'm going to clean my house. Sit down. Well, I win my mess. Like I've got to pick up a, a dustpan and brush. You know. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's. And no one falls for it. It's all kind of a charade. We're not. We're like, oh yeah, mate. He's going to. Oh, thank goodness. Rishi's yeah. going to grow the economy. Everyone was like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it's just all. It's all a charade, really, isn't it? It's very boring. Well, he's it- someone who's for 20 years or whatever will have had a PA or whatever. 
Yeah, exactly. He, he'll say to her, fix the boiler, please. Can you sort out fixing the boiler? And it just happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and can you just grow the economy at the same time? Uh, yeah. Imagine thinking the economy hasn't grown because no one's asked it to grow. It's like... <laughs> Can someone just ask the economy to grow, please? Like, it can't be that hard. It's really, it's really obnoxious. It's weird, isn't it? So we're at the end of the year now, and that was the, you know, Rishi's optimistic start of the year. Is there in any way that we can think of that the year could have gone worse for Rishi? I mean, I suppose he could have got divorced, which would have been terrible. But in terms of kind of, you know, government and his job, could it have gone any worse? I don't know. He could have shat his pants on the tube. <laughs> <laughs> Things could always go worse. <laughs> we, ne- we never know. Maybe it's happening. Maybe he's had that, you know, he suddenly decided he wanted to drink at a Christmas party. I think you forget him. I mean, he's the Prime Minister after Liz Truss, so. Yeah. Well, exactly. He suddenly he seemed great and now it's not so good, is it? But yeah, but we have a very re- recent example of how it can go worse. Yeah, it's true. And also, I do like the idea that he was going to grow the economy and reduce debt and then spent, what is it, 290 million on Rwanda? And no flights. You could go to, to Tui, right, and get an all-inclusive for like you know a couple of grand. So it's just it's remarkable. I don't, I don't think we we don't understand how much admin costs in this country. Just, just the cost of writing something down and giving it to someone else to write it down again and photocopy it and then send a print. It's so expensive. Someone's making so much money out of this. Yeah. It's incredible. And it's and I want to understand how I can get involved too. <laughs> Lucrative business. Okay, so look, I'm going to try. We're going to do another um, politician now that you may or may not remember because I have to say, like, I was like, oh, I'm not sure. So this was at the start of the year, and this person was sacked from the cabinet. It is Nadim Zahawi. Do you remember him? It's so vague. It's so vague. Do you know, like, when you have a job and then you go there and someone turns up on a Monday and doesn't come again, and you're like, (laughs) and then a a few weeks or months later, you're like, was that a fever dream? What happened to that guy we saw once? Yeah. You know, it's that, like they were yeah, they came once. Oh, I don't like this place, and they left. That's kind of how I feel about him. Yeah, exactly. So there was the reason why he he was there for a bit. He was um, a chancellor for a bit, um, <laughs> for a little bit. Anyway, the, what happened about him was he had shares in YouGov, right? He sold them for loads of money, and then tried to hide that money in Gibraltar, and and, and he was basically discovered. So the tax office made him pay a huge penalty, right? So he paid it, fine, but he didn't tell anyone about it. But then the papers, which obviously we do diss a bit on this show, but the papers do do, you know, some good investigations. So the Independent, the Sun on the Sunday, and the Guardian, all separately kind of found out about this scandal and he was completely exposed. Mm. And he said his mistake was not deliberate and all his taxes had been paid, to which we all kind of scratched our chin, didn't we? He was the guy who always, because he was he was MP for Stratford-upon-Avon, mm. he was the guy who always went on about, like, cause he, and he was born in Iraq, and he would always say, oh, only in this country could someone be born in Iraq and then go on to become... MP for William Shakespeare's mm. constituency. But he always left out the bit where, like, he's from one of the richest families in Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he, you, you, you can achieve all that, but you have to be from insane wealth. Yeah. And also, you know, if he, because he wasn't from insane wealth, then he was allowed into the country. Because if he wasn't from insane wealth, they wouldn't let him in. Did he come in on a boat? Mm, because thinks not. You know, he, on a yacht. He flew can, we, in. can we stop the retrospective boats? <laughs> yeah. you know, can we turn back time? <laughs> exactly. This tax row basically meant that he got sacked and actually it cost the former Chancellor, should we get our very small violins out? It cost him his knighthood. 
That is sad, isn't it? Lots of people have not had been knighted this year. Mm. <laughs> they, they thought they were going to get some form of uh, damehood, knighthood, and never got to them. I mean, it's really sad. But I think if you've got a knighthood, you can get married at St. Paul's. I might be making... There are things you get when you get these kind of things. I think one of the things is that you can get married in certain places. You can, like, you know... Free, like you get free, like, free Nando's. It's, yeah, it's a bit like when you pay for the extra and you get the, the all-inclusive <laughs> breakfast at a hotel. When you get, like, an OB, you get... It's, like, a, that equivalent, but better stuff. Yeah, I um, think you can wear swords and go to Nando's. Yeah, and like take your sheep over bridges, like particular bridges <laughs> and this kind of stuff. And it's, it's devastating for him, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sad. But we have really forgotten him, haven't we? I mean, Lord knows what he's doing now. I don't know if I'd recognise him if he was on the bus. Another weird one from January. Do you remember the balloon that almost started World War Three? This was a huge spy balloon which was spotted on the west coast of America and caused a standoff between Washington and Beijing. So, Fergus, why was this balloon such a big deal? Yeah, I do vaguely remember that. There was a balloon spotted over America. (laughs) It was a big balloon, though. It wasn't just like a child's balloon. (laughs) And everyone worked out that it was a spy balloon, but it was just there. Yeah. And all the Republicans were shouting, shoot it down. Yeah. Yeah. It was... It was a very odd story. So what happened was essentially there's a an airspace regulator in America called Nora. I've, I've written Noah, but it's not called Noah. It's Nora. <laughs> <laughs> and that changed in this year, changed the definition of what a UFO is. So suddenly, you know, kind of things that were in the air became classified as UFOs and then could be kind of written about. And actually, these weather balloons... These spy balloons had been kind of drifting across America for really quite a few years. But now, you know, at the beginning of this year, they could be defined as an unusual alien object. This is very weird. We must look at it. So it was a weather balloon and it was over 200 feet tall, which is massive. Mm. And it's, it has cameras and it's really, really, really high up like properly high up. So when the Republicans were going, we're going to shoot it down. I mean, you would need a rocket. You, it would it would be very hard to hit. I don't understand. You mean like in the past there were loads of spy balloons and no one gave a shit? Yeah, because no one knew about it. Because they weren't classified as anything. They just thought, they thought oh, there's another pretty balloon wafting over. It's so weird. Something doesn't quite balloons? make sense to me. <laughs> when I was a kid, you could go to like affairs at school and this is before data protection and safeguarding. Mm. You could write your name and address on a little card and you could pin it to like a balloon full of helium yeah. and you could like... Let it, and you'd put a stamp on the card and you'd let the balloon fly off yeah. and then someone would have to pick it, find it, like probably two streets down the road and they'd put on the card where they found it and they'd put it in the post box and the person who got the card that arrived back from the furthest away won. I don't know what they won. Yeah, I remember. So what I'm saying is, is this just a really sophisticated <laughs> version? Yeah, China really <laughs> wanted to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> just people, like obviously, like we had like crappy little helium balloons from the party shop, which is China, man. They do things properly. Yeah, yeah, you really know the thing where they did in America, I think like in the 80s, I know this is very off subject, but it's on the subject of balloons. <laughs> there was uh, some city in America where they decided to break the world record for the most helium balloons released. Whoa. Oh, wow. And no one thought, like, should we do this? <laughs> so they, like, there's videos of it. They released, like, a million balloons or whatever. Yeah. And it all, they all went off. And then they never thought about, well, where are those balloons going to go? Yeah. And they all blew that onto the highway. There were those accidents. <laughs> they went into the ocean. There were like some fishermen who were lost at sea, but they couldn't find them because it was just a billion balloons. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> we'd have to be, was like, we've got to make balloons out of paper now, guys. <laughs> There's balloons everywhere. <laughs> so anyway, this balloon, the, the thing I think is the weirdest thing about a spy balloon is, so you set it off, right, and it goes across America, but you can't really steer it. No. <laughs> you can't, you know, you can't kind of make it go where you want to go. So if it is a spy balloon, it's across, it's over Alaska. Yeah, and Alaska's gonna... <laughs> just quite boring and mountainous and snow, isn't it? So it's all they're going to see is that an odd little, you know, a random bear or something like that. So it does seem like a really inefficient spy object. Imagine that I'm going to spy on something. What? Well, whatever it happens to see whilst it's going to a place we don't know. No, yeah. it's it's very odd. I think the Chinese just lost the balloon. And rather than say, oh, we lost it, they thought this is actually causing quite a commotion. Let's just yeah. sit back and just and say nothing to make it all look suspicious and cause more commotion. Yeah. Very odd. Now, in March, things got a little bit more interesting as Nicola Sturgeon, First Minister of Scotland, shocked the press with a sudden resignation. She was the longest serving First Minister and the first woman to hold the position. And she quit. Fergus, why did she quit? Do we know? Well, she said she quit because she did all the usual shit that they say when they quit, right? She wanted to spend more time with her family or whatever. Yeah. But it was very soon afterwards that a scandal started to come out. Yeah. It's it was, I mean, it's all still being investigated, I presume. So it's all still allegedly, I mm. guess. Party funds. There was a load of SNP funds that were meant to go towards the campaign for independence. And somehow those funds seem like they might have gone to pay for a camper van <laughs> for the Sturgeon family. I did. It's such a strange story, isn't it? It's so weird because it starts off and you think, OK, this is really serious. It's an investigation of party funds that might have been embezzled in the wrong way and maybe gone to her husband or gone to her. And then it just turns out to be a motorhome outside her mother-in-law's house. A hundred, I mean, you know, an expensive one, 110 grand's worth of motorhome. But it's so odd. Why would you spend it on that? It's a very British scandal <laughs> yeah. for that to be what the money went on. I, I always think about those politicians for whom there are a large group of people who think that they can do no wrong yeah. are the ones you have to watch out for. Yeah. Trump and Corbyn and... Any of those leaders, who are, there are some people who will defend literally anything they do. And Sturgeon had that sort of cult around her. A little bit, she? yeah. So that she, she, if you convince that you are the good person, then you can never do anything wrong. I mean, I have to say Boris Johnson is one, is very like that. He just genuinely thinks he hasn't done anything wrong ever. But let's think about this. Like, you, they wanted to, they bought that with campaign funds mm. for the next independence. Allegedly. allegedly bought that for allegedly campaign funds for, I'll just say allegedly a lot. <laughs> yeah, and that'll cover you guys. <laughs> and then allegedly for an, uh, an alleged future independence campaign, right? Yep. And what communicates independence more... <laughs> than a camper van. You're right. Do you know what I mean? I've got a toilet in my car. <laughs> I don't need you. We don't need to pay taxes. I can shit in my boot. What can you do? We don't need a government. So I think in trial, the judge will hear that and go, fair yeah. enough. It's nonsense. You know these people who win the lottery and you see them on the sun, you think, oh, no, 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 no. You shouldn't have been allowed to win the lottery, mate. Yeah. You, you know, you've, you've bought trees. <laughs> you've wasted your money. Like, yeah, so what a, what a, like, at least embezzle money for nice things. If she'd shown up to her press conference saying, and I'm re resigning and she was just like covered head to toe like dripping 
yeah. in like Benning <laughs> like, and she's like gold teeth a nice grill <laughs> you know get your hair done love do you know what I mean you still look like Michael Crawford like what you come on I'd have, I'd have respected that just yeah. like what you're going to do but yeah camper van oh it's bless so her it's so funny yeah, I, also, I also had the feeling that the, the camper van was outside her mother-in-law's house <laughs> right and they covered it with a tarpaulin <laughs> Like it was a dead body. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as you all know, here at Paper Cuts, headlines are the blanket to our pigs. And this year, we've had some brilliant ones. So take a listen to this selection box of goodies, baddies and some that just make no sense at all. Then also in the sun, uh, we've got this story about a waterfall that was blown upwards um, wow. by the force of Storm Debbie in Abadaran. Um, so, yeah, apparently a 200-foot crane was in danger of falling over. It says, Viagra Falls. <laughs> 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 That's really good. And yeah. they've got a picture of it going mm. It has, although the angle of the um of the waterfall, it's actually it's blown up so far and over it, like it, I would say it's overshot what one would ask of Viagra. Um, <laughs> it's it's at a sort of like three hundred and twenty degree angle. So it's, it's going much. back into somebody's eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Grania, what do you have? Uh, so in the Daily Star, there's a story about how a certain hit film starring Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. about everybody's favourite doll, has influenced the name of dogs. Oh. And the headline is, Barbie Girl, a, hut, a mutt hit. Barbie Girl. <laughs> girl. Oh, sorry. Barbie Girl, <laughs> a mutt hit. So are they calling their dogs Barbie? Is yeah. that what they're saying? It kind of sounds like a Barbie girl has been become like taking hits out on dogs. I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> it's like they've overcomplicated it, isn't it? Yeah, they thought they, they got too excited. And... There is a story about a wig maker who has taken Nigeria's obsession with Guinness World Records to new lengths by constructing the longest ever handmade wig. And the headline is Wigmaker is on toupee of the world. I think that's pretty good, but it should be right. just on toupee on the toupee world. On toupee the world, yes. Yes. You've, they, you've fucked the rhythm up. You've fucked the rhythm up. Fucked up the scansion. What I love about the best about this is it's on the business pages. <laughs> <laughs> world's, world's biggest wig is on the business pages. Amazing. Helen Williams is the name of the wig maker. She spent 11 days and more than £2,000 making the hairpiece, which measures 351 metres and 28 centimetres. That should be We've Got a Winner. Very good. That's very good, son, isn't it? Really? There's a real sub in you, isn't there? Uh, this is this is this is my tragedy. I should be doing this, but I just I can't do it. Now I'm going to give you three from the Sun. Uh, the first one is not very good, but the guy who owns Hotel Chocolat is selling it, um, and so the headline there is Willy Wonga. <laughs> I think that's good. Willy Wonga, come on! Right. Willy um, Wonga nails golden ticket. Should be surely. Yes, it should. Yes, for, there should be a golden deck. ticket in there. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I like that one. There's a story in on page 28 of the Sun about how cooking cock-ups were behind a record number of false fire call-outs last year. Figures show that's so badly worded, isn't it? it? Is, My yeah. God. Um, anyway, the headline is crumbs. Is that a blaze? Mm. But, <laughs> but. Prepare yourselves, men. <laughs> Get emotionally and, ready for and, this one. And women and others listening, for heaven's sake. This is a good one. So, a randy driver, this is page 11 of The Sun, a randy driver was... <laughs> randy is such know, a randy, word. Got randy. Nobody has said randy since 1973, no, except in the randy, papers. Randy, trist, 
bonk. Um, a randy driver was nabbed as he headed along the M25 with his passenger appearing to perform a sex act on him. He was spotted by police with his eyes shut and a woman's head in his lap on the motorway during rush hour. During rush hour? Right. And the headline? And the headline is, I'm just coming down the M25. <laughs> That's... Hmm. There's just... also there's a photo of, uh, of presumably the person um, uh, with, a, with a little speech bubble as well, with, um, with uh, whoever it is speaking, saying, are you nearly there yet? <laughs> so they've really gone for this. I mean, I bet they had about another 12 that they could They stuck an deployed. emoji over, over his face, weren't they? they have. I, I, I think that's dangerous driving, frankly. I think that's out there. It is described know, during by... rush hour on the M25. You're not moving very much anyway. <laughs> oh, you might as well. The M25 is a fucking car park. And uh, the, the page three of the Daily Star, uh, Cliff Richard has apparently. This is very up to the minute. Mm. He's attacked punk, included. He says. <laughs> oh no! Punk are oh, going to die. It's, like, it's going to go right out of fashion yeah, now, isn't yeah. it? Anyway, he, sa- he says the Sex Pistols were, and I quote here, rubbish. What? <laughs> oh, he's not pulling any punches there. Uh. He's not. Uh, the headline is, he's a livid doll. Oh, very good. Wow. That does rely on all the, re- uh, all the readers knowing that he had a song called Living Doll. But, you I, know. Just, I think that's kind of off-brand for the star. I kind of don't feel like the star is generally aimed at the boomer audience. Mm, I don't know about that. Lots of animals. Also, I for something recently, I had to watch um, the Sex Pistols sing God Save the Queen. Mm. I think it's terrible. What? It is. Um, it's <laughs> just the room. people who can't do anything going like, yeah, you're I'm shit. not hearing this. Um, this is like... I'm abs- with Cliff Richard here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it'll go over to page 21, Daily Star. So this is an article about how potato vodka is making a comeback in Britain. We all remember in the olden days when it was incredibly popular. Um <laughs> Potato vodka is coming back. Um, 14,000 bottles of the Spud Bass drink are winging their way to the store shelves and they've gone with the headline, uh, is this a pun? Smashed! Exclamation mark. Vodka made from spuds. <laughs> it's not really very yeah, good, Yeah, not is really it? a pun. It, um, tells us, it tells us what's going on, but it's yeah. not really a pun. More of a, a summary mm. of the headline. And then um, this another potato-based story where a chef admits assaulting a workmate after a potato croquette row grew heated. Um, <laughs> it would do, wouldn't it? Happened to a lot of them, yeah. And they've gone with spud slingers. And that is in? That's in the Metro. And they could have had Chef nearly knocked out his colleague. Um, <laughs> I was trying to write, he threw one punch, two punch, three punch, four, five punch, six punch, seven punch. Is that a Putting on the one potato, two potato, three potato, four song. Kind of. It's, it's niche, what I've done there. Um, <laughs> Spudsling is better, you yeah, have to say. Yeah, fair enough. Now, things really started to spice up in April as the paper's favourite punching bag, the BBC, found itself involved in yet another scandal, this time involving none other than Gary Lineker. OK, Ferg, tell us what happened. Gary Lineker, as he is wont to do quite often on Twitter, tweets about politics, doesn't he? Mm. But uh, Suella Braverman had been saying shit about Rwanda. Mm as she still is. And he put out a tweet saying that it was 
similar language to the language that was used in 1930s Germany. Yeah. The BBC decided this that this was a step too far and he was suspended. So the idea was that he wouldn't present match of the day that weekend. Mm. But then all of the other presenters decided that in solidarity with him, they wouldn't do it either. So what we ended up with was the most haunting ever episode of Match of the Day <laughs> with no commentary or anything. It's so weird. It was, I like how is it, obviously Gary Lineker is very engaged in politics, but he put Danny Murphy in a situation where he had to <laughs> contemplate. <laughs> Think about politics. Geopolitics. <laughs> Maybe, for all I know, like maybe they all think about it. Maybe Alan Shearer comes in with, and, and lends Gary Lineker Naomi Klein's latest book. Yeah, I mean, it was. A, I actually thought there's something about it that was really exciting, don't you think? Listen, when it was free school meals, the footballers were like, oh, we understand this. Yeah. Children need to eat. Yeah. Like, this is great. This is biology. Full stomach, happy children. But when, yeah, when it was just like talking about immigration and like, you know, bills and like, that's a live topic. It was, it was, I loved it. I loved watching them sweat. Okay. We stand in solidarity with him. Why? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Micah Richards. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, yeah, I loved it. I, I really, I'm, I'm up for the politicisation of people who should not be talking about politics like at all. They should barely be talking about football. <laughs> Barely. But I, I like that, yeah, solidarity for Gary Lineker, their great leader. Love it. So much has happened in the past five years. They could not have given a, a hoots. But yeah. Lineker, what I also liked about this, this is nothing to do with politics, but we saw a lot of Lineker without makeup over that week. Did you, did you catch that? The makeup artists give them an OBE. Oh my God. <laughs> I couldn't recognize him getting into his car out of his house. I was like, who's that old guy? <laughs> <laughs> why are they filming? This, why are they filming the butler? Get Gary. Um, so and he, so that you know, that was great, and he didn't give a shit. He was like, fine, but yeah, we don't talk enough about the makeup artists to make match the day enough. <laughs> it's true. It's very he's true. He's so powerful, though, isn't he? Yeah, it's amazing. I did yeah. think about that because he's so. I mean, he's immensely good at his job, and presenting is not as easy as people think. It's quite hard when you're doing things that are, you know, with a, a live show like that. It's very difficult. You make so, it look easy. Yeah, but I'm not doing it live. <laughs> Obviously, I'm an incredible pro. <laughs> um, but, you know, he wasn't there for the weekend. And the thing that I quite enjoyed about it was, A, all the papers thought, that's it, he's going to be sacked. You know, he's done for. He's really blown it. And the BBC genuinely couldn't lose him. They couldn't lose him. And so in the end, you feel really that he, inverted commas, won, didn't he? And now he owns all podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, all podcasts except for this one. I think he, yeah, he thought of a, a new idea of what he might do when they sack him again. Just, you know what I thought? Des Lynham could have stopped the first Gulf War. <laughs> 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 Think of all those missed opportunities. St. <laughs> Ingreavesy could have, could have stopped the Falklands. <laughs> if only they'd known. Um, so what a shame, really. What a shame. What a waste. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Hancock was quite big this year, wasn't he? Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock's WhatsApp messages. Okay. These were leaked to the press, courtesy of the ghostwriter of his COVID diaries book, Isabel Oakshot. Around this time, if you remember, he'd kind of changed the way that people thought about him because he'd been on I'm a Celebrity. So this leak was a big deal for him. He was really, really unhappy about it, wasn't he? 
Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, was, he was on his way to becoming Mr. Saturday Night. <laughs> he was on his way of, of host, you know, towards hosting the Masks singer <laughs> and, and, the, and the Wheel, whatever his ambitions were. And he'd given uh, Isabel Oakshaw his, his, his WhatsApps. And everyone knows WhatsApps are deep. Like, when you give someone your WhatsApps, that's like all your deepest, darkest secrets are in there. And, um, you know, Isabel signed a, a, an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, uh, which is like, if you sign one of those things and then you kind of like reveal what you're not supposed to reveal, apparently like a ton of bricks falls on you or something. Yeah. But Isabel Oakshaw shot her head is tougher, <laughs> tougher than a ton of bricks. Like it can do it. she could withstand the consequences. Uh, so, so for some reason, she she dis- she disclosed these. It was tens of thousands, right? It was. Yeah, it was absolutely loads. It was loads. And so she sent them all to to, to newspapers. I don't know how you do that. You just email info at the sun. Send them out. Now I think on it, like, what did that, what happened? Did he ghost her? Did she not call her back? He was very upset. Yeah, I mean, what you actually think is what happened in order for her to do it. Yeah, because it was such a remarkable thing because Mm. obviously she had his confidence to write the book and then she was like, oh, forget it let me just release the messages uh, but I don't think it had the impact she wanted because we were like yeah we know all of this yeah it's <laughs> like weird. we was there during COVID we know all of this it was um, the beginning of the WhatsApp messages wasn't it do you know what I mean like WhatsApp messages from to do with COVID have just dominated the whole of the year yeah this was the year that people found out that people can read your WhatsApp messages <laughs> that they're not private yeah, yeah. but the idea of that if there's one person in Britain that you should not give them to Mm. Right. It's Isabel Oakshaw. It's like asking like Paul Gascoigne to look after your child. (laughs) 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 This is a drinks cabinet, but you're like, yes. Exactly. It's just that there's a contemporary reference for you, (laughs) Paul Gascoigne. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she's always out for herself. But I do think, you know, if you, you know, we bothered to look up the WhatsApp messages to see, you know, to see what actually was revealed. Because I was thinking, I can't remember what she actually said. And it's, it's so funny. It's so revealing of Hancock. So he was completely obsessed with hitting this target of of 100,000 daily COVID tests. So he'd set himself that we were going to be absolutely brilliant at, at testing better than Europe, better than everyone else. We're going to do 100,000 daily tests, right? And all his WhatsApp messages are like, I want to meet my target. I want to meet my target. What is this doing if I want to meet my target? I mean, it's just so pathetic. And that's the end of today's paper cut. Thanks to Athena. Thank you. Thanks to Fergus. Thanks, guys. And there's just time to mention our fabulous Papercut shop. Christmas is very, very, very close. So if you want some last-minute stocking stuffers for the podcast lovers in your life, then why not check out podmarket.co.uk, our online store. There you will find exclusive Papercuts hoodies, new design Papercuts t-shirts, and really great Papercuts mugs that say, thank God for the star on them. And there are other top bits of merch from our companion podcasts, Oh God, What Now? The Bunker, This Is Not A Drill, and Origin Story. So click on podmarket.co.uk and save your Christmas. I've been Miranda Sawyer, and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when Emperor Akihito of Japan celebrates his 90th birthday. Crack open some Asahi, Emps. Merry Christmas! Whee! <laughs> Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Athena Kugbanu and Fergus Craig. The producer was Liam Tate. Assistant producer was Adam Wright. And audio producer was me, Jade Bailey. Music is by Simon Williams, with socials by Jess Harpin and Kieran Leslie. Design is by Jim Parrott, with original art by Modern Toss. The executive producer is Martin Boytosh. Managing editor is Jacob Jarvis. And group editor is Andrew Harrison. 
Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production.